0: code buttery exclusions apply see site for details
1: i don't have i don't have quite the same atmos as you have <laughs> you've got the strip lighting <laughs> you, going you, on you've got the christmas lights up we have the we have
0: records on the wall we, we really did try to set an atmosphere with the entire room
1: it's the kthwatch podcast it's essential like your breakfast it will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle, or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Keith Walsh Podcast. How are you? It's ten past eight. Monday night. And uh, it is the. What is it? Oh, the 22nd of the 2nd, 21. 21. That's the date. Hope you're well. Uh, I My name is Keith Walsh, and I'm the presenter of the Keith Walsh podcast. I wonder if I ever went on holidays, would I get someone to stand in, uh, like they do on Today FM or News Talk? If it's like. I don't know. Is Matt Cooper's show called Matt Cooper? Because it would be like Matt Cooper with Kieran Cuddy, or, you know. It'd be the Keith Walsh podcast with... I'd get Matt Cooper to stand in. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Hello, it's the Keith Walsh podcast with me, Matt Cooper. <coughs> don't think he'd do it after that. Um, how are we all doing? It's uh, Today was a nice day in 2021 land. It was the sun... Sh- I got up this morning, the sun was shining. Uh, th- the skies were blue. It was almost spring. You know, I opened the back door, I... Got out for an early walk with the dog. I just, you know, spring was busting out all over. If you can tell me the name of that musical. There's no prize, but if you can, without Googling it, keithwatchpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Uh, Spring was busting out all over. It was absolutely beautiful. So I hope you enjoyed the day today, wherever you were. Or if you're listening to this tomorrow, I hope it's as nice. Or if you're listening to this next year, I hope it's lovely wherever you are and and the world is wonderful. Um, You can email me from the future. If you're you're listening now and it's the future, if it's 2022, email me, keithwatchpod at gmail.com. Say, hi, Keith, I'm emailing from the future. Everything is cool. And then I'll get it. Oh, I will also get it in the future, wouldn't I? Damn, that would have been cool, wouldn't it? Um... Let me just see if I can get some email I'll tell you I'll tell you good news. I've I have I have a lot of faith in the Keith Walsh Pod email address. So I'm not even gonna give out the other one anymore. It's KeithWalshpod at gmail.com. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. It's just rolling off my tongue. I'm not even worried about it because 'cause I've actually gotten emails to it and I've always gotten emails to it, but um Anyway, thanks to Sinead O'Donnell, uh, who said, I heard it, wink, wink, made me jump. Thank you very much, Sinead O'Donnell. I won't say any more about that. Uh, To Gráinne Enright, who said, I heard it, wink, wink, love the podcast, just finished episode 67. In an earlier podcast, I genuinely bust my ass laughing at Mike's impression of the doctor from my 600-pound life. Yeah, it was good. Still thinking about it again. Uh, Enjoyed Donegal Callahan 2. Uh, seems a very normal and genuine person. Thanks for the laughs and the education, Grania. An OG, by the way. Sure, look, you're all OGs now at this stage. But uh, thank you very much, Grania. An actual G, OG, G, um, GE. Thanks, Grania. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, Donicus. Honestly, genuinely sound a sounder. I only have sounders on the uh, on the podcast. Let me think about today. I had some great news today. Can I share it with you? Uh, I think I can, I think I can, Uh, the terms and conditions still have to be signed, but I, oh no I can't, because this will go out now, tonight, and uh, I've got some great news, stay tuned to the podcast, at some stage I'll be able to announce my great news, it's to do with the play, pure mental, and uh, yeah, buzzing, buzzing here today, great to get a bit of great news, you know we've been, we've been hanging out for a bit of great news here in the Walsh household, so we uh we had a family hug in the kitchen and uh the missus had a glass of wine. I had a non alcoholic Heineken and uh um yeah, and Anne had uh, some water because she's she's doing this she's got a PT and she's doing this uh, diet thing at the moment. She's not doing a diet thing, she's her PT has given her a workout plus. Uh, nutrition program. She's on that at the moment, and she's doing great. Very proud of her. Um, and Finn was out on a scooter somewhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, so good news today. I will be able to share it with you soon. I thought I'd be able to share it with you now, so I'm sorry for the tease. Uh, you're probably listening, going, "I don't really care, Keith. I don't. Really, I don't. I actually don't really care." But uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> what do you care? Or not, I'll, I'll give you the news as soon as I can. Um, okay. It's time for Monday Night's podcast. Have you been watching Davy's toughest challenge? It was on tonight. It is on tonight. It'll be it'll be over by the time I got the podcast out. Um, it's a new show. It was filmed before the COVID-19 pandemic. The show features young men grappling with issues like drug addiction, isolation, homelessness, unemployment, and mental health challenges. In the second episode of the latest In the second episode of the latest episode, in the latest episode, uh, so I'm reading this article. Davy put the team through their paces with two grueling fitness tests as tensions flared between the group, but they persevered and completed the test. As the gravity to the trip really hit home, they're supposed to be going to um, base camp, the base camp of Mount Everest, base camp of Mount Everest, but that's all changed, and they're going to be climbing K2. That will be their that's their challenge at the end of it. Um and one of the guys on the program, Davy's toughest team t- Davy's toughest challenge, is a guy called Sean, who I got to interview. Let me see if I can find another. The funny thing about these articles is you read them and then you expect like at the end for there to be like a um uh, that was from the mirror, by the way. But you expect at the end like they give a brief description of the thing, a little bit of detail, blah blah and then they go Uh, Davy's toughest challenge can be watched at, you know, RTE Oh, there it is Uh, Mondays at 9.35 on RT one See, I'm reading this article now i found is from rte.ie, so they've got it sorted Tonight's episode To kick off their journey, Davy, along with his fellow mentors uh, performance coach Matty Rice and wilderness expert Dane Galligan bring the seven young men to a remote location deep in the Wicklow Hills That sounds scary, doesn't it? I'm bringing seven young men to a remote location deep in the Wicklow Hills to start their journey and set out the stall for the epic challenge ahead. That's when the music would kick in if you're doing the uh, doing the voiceover. Sean Downey is one of the young men taking part in this programme and he is my guest. And uh, yeah, I love chatting to Sean. Shout out to Peter Lane, my My good friend, Peter Lane, my lifelong buddy, buddy old pal, Leno, for putting me on to Sean. He had interviewed him on his podcast, which I should have the name of to hand. And I don't, so let me just have a look for it. Peter works with young people who have been through the care system. And um, you see, what happens is, just explain it to you a little bit, if you are in the care system, if you are with, if you are in a house, or if you are with a foster family, as far this is as far as I know, when you get to a certain age, you are out of the system, and then what do you do? Because then you need to figure out how to go to college, how to get uh, money, how to like who looks after you, because you know you are. I suppose in some cases, I presume the. F- foster family uh may continue to uh to help you out or whatever but it's it's it, it changes anyway the, the system changes you're you're out of the system and things change and peter works for an organization called epic and epic are the people who look after the people who have been through the care system uh, care system have care experience and he makes sure they do what they got to do, or they can do what they want to do um, for the rest of their lives. I'm I'm sorry, now I'm sort of a little bit uh, distracted here because I'm looking for the name of the podcast, of course. The problem is he, uh, last week was uh, Care Day, Care Day fell last week and it it kind of, there's a week of activities and uh, he... um, so Peter is very busy and there's a lot of activity on his Twitter. So now I'm trying to find, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find the, uh, yeah, okay. It's called The Care Experience. Um, so if you want to check that out, that's the name of the podcast. It's um, Peter and Thomas are the presenters. Uh, or they, they have it here as Thomas and Peter. I wonder how they decide that. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, R, J, K, L, M, N, P, P curiosity it should be peter and thomas but peter's probably uh the, you know he's probably cool about it he's like it's cool man if your name goes first that's cool i'm cool about it. he's a, quite a cool guy they're both cool guys uh, uh okay the care experience is the name of the podcast check it out they interviewed sean for their podcast and then uh peter said this guy would be great for your podcast." Uh, and go and follow Epic on social media as well, and see the kind of work they do, the kind of brilliant work they do. And thanks again to Peter. And Thanks to Sean. Really enjoyed talking to Sean. Uh, really engaged, turned turned up, as they'd say. Kind of you know just turned on like to life. He's 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 got the radars up. He's seeing all sorts of possibilities. He's got plenty of energy. Um well able to speak for himself. Uh, great stories in there about the uh, the time he was, he, we went to Switzerland, kind of got kicked out of a conference, told he'd never be coming back and was back within two years, not only back at the conference, but uh, sort of um, being one of the leading lights at the conference is a story he will tell in the chat. Uh, let me see, oh yeah, he talks about the in-camera act, which is very interesting. Uh, so that's the crack. Thanks very much to Sean for joining me. Uh, Enjoy the podcast and I'll be back with a little chat with you after this. It is episode 70 of the Keith Walsh podcast. Enjoy. Oh yes, one more thing. There's a little bit of lag in the Zoom call and it happens a little bit every now and then, but it's it should be okay. You kind of get used to it. Uh, I'd like to apologise in advance. I'd like to apologise to Sean. I'd like to apologise to myself, to my family, to my family. But uh, it was kind of unavoidable. It just happened, and I think it's okay. I think you get used to it. There's a little bit of lag where Sean is speaking. Sometimes it's a little bit, a little, uh, uh, and then he finishes. He finishes the word, and then speeds up a little bit. But it should be okay. It should be okay. It should be okay. Enjoy. <laughs> what is this place? Where, who, who, where is the studio?
0: So I am. I'm coming to you from the cabin studio. Um, in Knocknohinney in Cork City, uh, The Cabin Studios where I work. Uh, I work with a guy called Gary McCarthy or uh, GMC Beats. You might have heard of him. Yeah, uh, and The Cabin Studio really is. Well, I started working with The Cabin back in, in kind of 2017 and The Cabin Studio was a community space for uh, music production and, and songwriting and, and, and rapping. But to give it that definition now would be incorrect because we the, the scope of this place has gone m- way bigger. Like now there's playwriting. I teach coding workshops here. We do Photoshop uh, workshops here with drama and podcasting. You know, it's, it's space. It's, it's kind of becoming a space that has no boundaries, really. Whatever you want to try and do, we'll try and get it done.
1: Wow, and it's just—is it just a community? Is it there for the community?
0: Yeah. So um, this used to be a citizens' information office. The reason it's called the cabin is because it literally is a security cabin. This is a silver security cabin. You can't tell from the inside, but this is just one of those cabins that you'd see uh, outside. You know what I mean? The outside of it was 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 grey and rusted. We we did a massive uh, paint job. We got all the young people involved. It looks spectacular now. But yeah, it's just a security cabin which. Um, with we have three rooms there's uh, the main production room uh, there's this room which we call the blue room and then there is the podcast room um which is uh, we're working on at the moment and then we you know we have a kitchen and, and bathrooms and a and a booth as well to record in. and how does this get funded sean so um a lot some of the work is done um through the etb and and through, i was working with the etb so people like me and gary will be um funded through that uh, we do a lot of projects here that, um, you know, we are doing a project at the moment with Largus. Now, Largus doesn't uh, pay for the, the cabin, but the, the work that goes on in here sometimes will be funded through things like that. Mm. Uh, a lot of it as well uh, is all down to Gary McCarthy, GMC. He kind of threw in a lot of his own money to get this place up to where it is. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 kind of wow. the story of it.
1: Yeah, I had... um mc abdul on my podcast yeah a while ago and he he worked with gary didn't he um
0: yeah he's an amazing uh he's an amazing little rapper
1: as well palestinian rapper if anybody's listening you should go back and listen to that one he's he's i think he's 12 years of age rapper and and he's doing
0: he's doing like he's doing absolute bits now as well whenever i'm looking um at his social media and stuff Really starting to pay attention to him, which is you know it's great to see, and it's great to kind of see uh, his creative side being acknowledged because I think that's that's so important to someone at that age is to get the the, the acknowledgement they deserve for the you know what they're passionate about because that kind of sets them up for the future really
1: totally great to see him rapping about uh, you know the plight of the people of Palestine as well and highlighting yeah. like, bring, bringing that to the world so hopefully he can continue with that how are you keeping How's things are you are you are you well is all yeah how's, how, how's life.
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, at the moment. I'm very, very busy. Uh, I, uh, as you may know, I have a TV show out called uh, Davy's Toughest Team. And um, since that came out, uh, my days have just become mental. And um, it's just up the walls constantly. I'm, I'm trying to get a couple of projects off the ground. I'm doing some stuff in, in relation to the show uh, on my Instagram and stuff like that. And, and then I'm in college as well. So i and I have a job. My job is I teach kids uh, computer coding uh, here at the cabin when it's now done over Zoom. And um, so, so, yeah, my, my days are genuinely hectic from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed. It's just doing stuff, doing stuff, and doing
1: stuff. Wow, that's, that's kind of good. How about, so, how about you, though? How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm keeping well. Uh, I'm, I've no complaints. I have a good life. I'm, I'm happy. My family are healthy and happy. I have a roof over my head. It's all that's good. good. Um, if anybody watches the uh, Davy's toughest team, they'll they'll probably know you, Sean, from if they don't if they don't know you already from the you've the red hair and some some parts you've got the, the red hair guy. I, I have. <laughs> I have the kind of haircut every
0: episode so far. My hair is different than every episode. Would it be um, fair
1: to describe you as the sort of emo emo kid sort of? Yeah,
0: yeah. So th- the thing is, right? Ev- everyone considers me an emo. And so I kind of just, I kind of just roll with it, but I'm I'm actually, I'm actually a fake emo. I don't listen to the music. I just thought it was kind of a good look. Style-wise, uh, it, it's mostly black clothes. I don't have to worry about getting them dirty. I'm running around all the time. I don't have time to be thinking about getting stains on my outfits. So just wake up, throw on some black clothes and rock out the door. But yeah, so you, you people would kind of see me as the, the emo of the group or, or the one that looks like he doesn't fit in with the rest of them. Mm.
1: It's a good look for you. It's a good look for you. You're, you're, you're rocking it.
0: Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. Fair play to you. How did you get uh, involved in, in Davy's toughest team? How does that work? So...
0: I can I can tell you how I got involved in davy's Stuff's team, but it really is a
1: bigger story.
0: Well, so look, wanna, look, start
1: wherever you want to start. Wanna,
0: I want to bring you back to the very, very start. Um, and, and I guess this whole journey started in 2010. And in 2010, I went into residential care and um, residential care for people that uh, don't know and people that are listening is uh, it's a type of care. I was in the state of the care and uh, instead of. Foster care, I guess, where you'd have a family. Residential care is run by staff. Now, I was in that residential care for two years. I I went into care because I I suffer. I, I have ADHD, ADD, and ODD. And growing up at home, and um, in a family I have uh, I have three brothers and four sisters. So growing up in that family, when I was just running around all the time, kind of this hectic ball of energy, and there was nothing to do, it led to me being quite angry and quite aggressive. So I went into I went into care at. 10. And for the first two years of, of being in, in residential care, nothing really changed. I, I was quite aggressive uh, towards just anyone that would be around me. And, and that's because I, I guess I was this 10 year old in Tralee uh, in a house with and everyone else was kind of 17 and 18. So I really didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't know anyone. And so I, I felt like showing aggression was probably the way that I kind of, you know, assert my dominance among the group. Um, and so because of that, uh, those two years and, and nothing really changing, I, I got into quite a lot of trouble with the guards um, to the stage where I had gotten a caution. I think I had two cautions by the age of 12 and the guards were like, look, we need to do something with you. There was talks about me going into secure residential lockup. They were like, but we need to do something with you. And so that something was Gary McCarthy or GMC Beats who had, was just internally doing a music workshop. And I didn't know who he was at the time. I, I didn't know his name. I had actually, I have sisters that are, you know, when I was seven and eight, they were like 17, 18, and they would have listened to the pirate radio station. So I was aware of who Gary was music wise, but I wasn't aware that this guy was the, the guy I was listening to, I guess. So I went to those workshops and I didn't want to go at the start. And I just kept going. And Gary was like, look, you, you, you kind of have like, uh, I guess you're kind of just wrapping thing you should you should keep it up a little and um, and so I kept doing that for a number of years and um, and then we'll skip forward in the time a little bit so I, so I started doing music sorry there's one part I, I almost missed out on I started doing music and I chilled out when I was in residential care I really kind of calmed down and when I was 12 I moved from Tralee to Middleton where I stayed with a foster family then and um, from 12 to 18 And I had found a creative outlet at this stage. Now, I wasn't perfect still. I was still, you know, I still had my problems, but I was finding ways to kind of express myself and to really get into doing stuff. And so I I kept on the the rapping and I was doing that for a number of years. And I guess then when I turned 15, uh, I got this opportunity basically to go to Switzerland. And it was was kind of put to me as a once in a lifetime opportunity to go to Switzerland and uh, to be at this conference for human rights uh not human rights children's rights the conference was called cats children as actors for transforming society and so I went to this conference and I was there for seven days and I got in so much trouble at the conference they were like you are never coming back here ever again
1: (laughs) <laughs> so I left. What, what, you, can you get it, can you tell me what you did what was what was your state of mind I, at the conference what were you doing what were you up to what was I, a, I looked at it as a free holiday i yeah. mean i had
0: nev- i had never left the country and here i was in switzerland with with 200 other people my age i was like this is just a holiday what, what do you mean so i was kind of messing and I, I was just running around all the time i was not attending where i was supposed to be but I remember someone saying to me, look, just pretend like you enjoy it because you'll never have to come back here ever again. And then I heard that and that that annoyed me a little bit. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely coming back. Here. I don't care how, but I am coming back here. So I went back home and um, I, I kind of had that in my mind. I was like, I want to get back at those people. I said, never coming back. And around the time, I had kind of gotten off rapping a little bit because uh, I just got bullied and stuff in school over rapping. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'm going to find another avenue to express myself creatively. And so I made YouTube videos and I made like one or two YouTube videos with my brother kind of having a laugh or whatever. And then one day I was sitting there and I was like, what, what, will I, what will I make for a YouTube video? And I was a kid in foster care. I was like, that's it. That's literally what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about being in foster care. And so I put up this video. And nothing happened for like a week. might have got, you know, I think I had like 200, 300 subscribers. I got, you know, 150 views and four likes or something like that. And then the journal.ie saw it. And they were like, yeah, we're going to write an article about it. And they basically, we were contacting back and forth. This would have been in 2016 when the video came out. And uh, basically, they, they published an article about the video and they re uploaded the video. And within 24 hours, to kill half a million views. In 24 hours, I'd been contacted by the Ryan Tuberle show, by Ireland AM, and by any any media you could find in Ireland wanted to have me on, and they wanted to talk about me. And so I went to my social worker, and I said, look, I have all these opportunities here. This is absolutely class. I'm going to Dublin. I'll see you later. And that's when the the bigger, the bigger spark that changed my life happened. I found out that I wasn't allowed to do that from being a kid in foster care. So... The Child Care Act, which was rolled in 1991, there's a parent in the Child Care Act, section 31, part C. I think I might be a little bit wrong with that, but it's, it's the in-camera act and it states that kids in care cannot be identified in the media. And that exists to stop, you know, years ago, media profiting off kids in care by writing reports and stuff about them and also to protect vulnerable kids. And I, and I totally understand that. But they were using this to get me to remove my video. And so I said, look, I'm not removing the video. The journal.ie took down the article. But I kept my video up on YouTube. And YouTube weren't going to take down the video either because it didn't go against anything in their terms of service. They're like, no, he's just expressing himself. So I went to court every Wednesday for two months and this legal battle to keep or take down this YouTube video. And it kind of looked like I was losing the battle. And in April of 2016, when we were all, Kind of celebrating the 1916 and the, the proclamation and it was up on every wall in cork city i had a brainwave. there's a part in the proclamation that says we will cherish all children of the nation equally oblivious to difference fostered by an alien government wow. and so i went in, i went into court and i stood there and i read that out and i went are you telling me that when i leave here and go onto the street and everyone's celebrating this proclamation i'm not going to be allowed to express myself and have my freedom of speech and th- that that was it they kind of they, they were stuck they were like oh okay yeah, we can't really not leave you have up this video and then that happened and all of a sudden I was back at the conference in Switzerland and I was back there <laughs> as, the, as I was back there on the organizational team of the con- in the conference in Switzerland for two years and um, also I got I stayed with the president of Malta I got a, an invitation I stayed in her palace for four days I, I kind of was a guest speaker at a conference over there. I've met the Queen of Belgium from this. Uh, I've been to Belgium twice, uh, meeting kind of the royals over there. I've done work in in France, uh, in London, um, just with a lot of conferences based around children's rights. And and I really, really got interested in that. And so then we skipped forward again three years and I'm done school and, and I go into college and I study film and TV for a year and in that year I need work experience and so Gary who I'm still kind of talking to and still active in, in, in projects that are being run I go, Gary look I'm looking for work experience can I come with you and do your your, your song in the day workshops with you and he says yeah and after the two weeks of doing it I found that I was it excited me and, and it really really you know it made me happy to be able to give kids the space to be creative and, and to give them that and so now I started getting involved with the cabin and I was working with the cabin studio for uh, three years, uh, four years now. I don't even know. Um, and I found that I, I I enjoyed working here and I could tell the, the, the young people here about my life experience. And, and you know, some people here can relate to that and, and other people, you know, it, it, it was just it, it was nice to be able to to show them and, and, and I guess. Show them that you can make something of yourself and you're in a situation where it's often looked like that's, that's it. Um, and so then this opportunity for stuff toughest team came around. And Stevie G, who I don't know if you're aware of him.
1: Yeah, the DJ. DJ, car. yeah, radio yeah. presenter, yeah.
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, and i who I'd worked with quite a bit. Um, he got this message saying that they were looking for kids, uh, young people, young adults, sorry, between the ages of 18 and 22, and they were looking for seven of them to claim, to trek to the base camp of Mount Everest and to get trained by a guy called Davey Fitz. And so Stevie sent it on to Gary and Gary sent it on to me. And Gary was like, go and do this. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. This is fitness. I don't do fitness. I'm a, I'm a computer guy. But Gary said, no, you have a story to tell. And you have a story that it could inspire other people. And then that that was it. That's all I needed to hear. And so I went, and I, I went and I did the show when I, I told them about my past, and I talked quite a lot about foster care. Now that most of that actually got cut out of the show, uh, and they they talk, you know, it's, my part is mainly about my ADHD in the show, um, but yeah, that's that's how I kind of did it. That's how that's the long path that led me to getting to that stage is that I, I did it so that uh, you know all kids in care that maybe are watching it that foster care doesn't define you you know you can you can be a foster kid uh, uh, and then go on and do other things because I, I think that in the media and in the news because of the in-camera act you only hear about the bad news stories of foster care kids can't tell this I'm lucky I was allowed after that after those two months in court I was allowed to go wherever I wanted and tell my story but other kids don't have that privilege and so kids in care only ever hear negative things about care and so I just wanted to you know be that that good story that could hopefully inspire other kids in care.
1: Wow. Brilliant. It's a great story. And you're well able to tell it, Sean, as well, which is very important. Um, And I think, yeah, there's definitely a lesson in not listening. You know, we definitely have a problem in this country with authority and, (laughs) you know, taking people, taking people's word for it. And most children would have just gone along and taken down that video maybe, or, you know, just said, oh, well, you know, and, you know, Fuck you. Okay, I'll check down the video, but then would have been angry. Where you know you're yeah. you're quite clever in that you 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 and noticed there was something in the proclamation that was able to help you're you. Spot like.
0: on. You're spot on with that as well, and and that's you know I'm
1: I'm very very aware
0: uh because my I'm, I'm very very just aware of everything going on all the time. I, I pay close attention to quite a lot of things, and. You know, one, once I heard that I couldn't have up this video about me talking about my life and care, my attention really wasn't about me anymore. And in my mindset, it wasn't about me. But I started looking up more and um, more stories and, and stuff about how the in-camera act affects people. And there's uh, one story of two kids up the country who were part of a sports team. And because they couldn't get their photograph taken to be on the website for the sports team, they got kicked off the sports team. And so I, I decided that I was going to, you know, at the time I, I was doing it for me, but I guess it was also for the kids that don't... Uh, 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 need to speak up. And I know I'm, I'm confident enough. I could go anywhere and talk about anything. Um, but I know there's a lot of kids that are afraid to go out and talk. And so I wanted to just kind of, you know, fight the battle for them. Because um, they they deserve the, the exact same amount of freedom as as a kid who's not in care.
1: Yeah, I think to have for those children to have somebody who's in care and isn't afraid to to go against uh, you know and, and will take on the authority and is well able to speak and explain. Look, you don't have to take uh, you don't have to just listen to these people. You can fight for your rights. And there is yeah. you know and maybe if if someone like you was around and you could have said to those kids on that sports team, you don't have to. You you can fight to, you know, mm-hmm. to have your face on the website as part of this team, you know, and, but because a lot of people wouldn't feel like, well, I have no rights here and, and end yeah. of because in a lot of cases, adults in in charge in these situations will believe that, you know, they will tell you, well, this is just the way it is. And you just have to suck it up, you know, rather than, you know, we mean, we need people like you in the world to question everything um, and to say, well, I don't accept you know a lot of young people would just accept authority mm-hmm. and what they say and we need more young people like you to say well actually you know i don't accept what you're saying i don't think that that's you know just because you say it, and even even if it is a law or even if it is a rule i don't think yeah. it's right
0: now, now with that said also you know i think it, it is it is great that that someone is, is questioning the authority but on the other side i i totally get sometimes you know where young people want to express themselves and, and they really want to do something and sometimes it's just not in their best interest like genuinely and, and i also get that side of it you know i understand that that law is there to protect kids that are, are really really vulnerable and maybe they you know where they are and their location shouldn't be disclosed to anybody else because of their situations so i get both sides of it um you know because i i don't want it to just come across that i was fighting this for you know whether thinking of the bigger picture and and the people that could be in danger and everything like that, I was coming at it from perspective of somebody who you know I am. My, my family were at the courts uh during it. They were like, yeah, I believe him put up these videos. You know, they were all on my side. So I was coming at it from that perspective. You know, I understand obviously it's not it's not an ideal situation for others.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point to make actually. Uh, fair play to you because there are you know there are people in in, in I know there's there are people in care who are trying to stay away from certain family members and mm-hmm. and don't want certain family members to and, know and where, those, where they those are. And
0: those kids should you know and uh, that should be uh respected 100 percent. so i'm not saying we abolish that law i'm saying you know i think i think the problem is a lot of these laws were were written in a time where children's voices weren't taken into consideration and you were just a kid in care who didn't have a voice you know now the internet's a thing now everyone has an opinion and i think we're starting to realize that we should listen to kids at a, a very young age a lot younger than we are doing now that's why I just think a lot of these laws need to be rewrote. I think we're we're stuck in something that existed before the internet and before everything like this, and that and there's just 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 a couple of laws that are not benefiting kids the way they could be. And I I just think it's laziness on the government side not to look at them and rewrite them, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And just maybe a little bit of like the law just needs to be flexible and it it should Mm -hmm. be a case by case basis. And if some kid comes and said, look, this is something I've done. It's creative. It's expressive. I'm telling my story and I'm not putting myself in danger. And it should be like, yeah, well, that's grand. It ticks all the boxes. You know, all you need is sort of a checklist of, you know, you know ten, 10 or 12 questions and that that surely yeah. would 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 solve that problem you'd imagine um but yeah I think you're right about children in this country I've had some experience recently with the with the leave insert the back my daughter is doing the leave insert and, and as a parent I kind of kept having to sort of make a big fuss about it because I felt like it didn't seem like the children were at the center of the decision. Yeah. It seemed like it was, it was the department of education. It was, it seemed like they were more interested in what the principals and what the teachers thought and what the boards mm-hmm. of education thought and what the adults thought. And I, and the reason I made such a fuss and I'm not saying I'm anti-teacher, anti-principal, but I just wanted to make sure that they, that we, we kept the children at the center. Yeah. We it, it, Children get forgotten a lot, don't they? Like in, in, in these big decisions, especially 100%. when when they're in relation to exams and, and school and stuff, you know?
0: Especially with education. I have a massive, massive problem with education. So my my story with education is I got expelled in second class. Um, I got expelled from a primary school uh, and I, I didn't sit third class. So I skipped a year of school. I went from second class into fourth class. And then I was in another primary school and then I was in another primary school and then I was in a secondary school and then I was in another secondary school. So I bounced around uh, from school to school and and some of that was because I moved location uh, when I moved from Cork to Tralee and then from Tralee back down to to Middleton. Um, But my experience with education uh, in secondary was that there was no there was no real um attention paid to the well-being of, of kids inside of of the the education system i um back in 2015 i got uh, like really badly bullied in school to the stage where it, it kind of became m- massive cork news uh, kind of blew up it was spoke about in the radio and it was wrote about in the paper um and I had been reporting this bullying for a couple of weeks and nothing nothing had been done about it. But then all of a sudden, because I posted a Facebook status and the school was getting hundreds of calls, it became an issue, you know. So they were they were pushing it to the side until they kind of had to deal with it. And I remember one of the teachers coming to me going, can you please delete that status? We can't answer the phones, they're ringing too much. So I, I have, you know, I think the education system all the way down needs to be really looked at again. I think teachers look out for teachers. Teachers and and they look out for the reputation of the school and not the and not the welding of the people inside the school so much to the stage that I finished school um I, I had I did a I I did a really good uh, junior cert that I got uh, three A's and the rest were B's and I did all of I did from fourth year up until sixth year and I graduated sixth year. But the day I graduated sixth year, I left and I never went and sat my leave and start. I was so sick of education. I was like, I don't need it. No, I'm in college, I'm in CIT, I'm studying community development. I was like, cut this whole leave, the whole system of school is so outdated. And I was just on a mission to prove that I didn't really need it to get where I wanted to go to, you know.
1: Wow. That's that's uh, some some powerful stuff. Yeah, I mean like it's uh it's probably the system probably isn't fit for purpose and uh, probably needs a bit of an overhaul. It's hard to see how that can happen. But um, I think we just need more young people to kind of speak up. The, the issue is that young people probably need to have the vote when they're mm-hmm. 16, probably. I, I think 18 is too late because if you if you look at, you know, the reasons why politicians do the things they do, the reasons they listen to certain cohorts and, you know, they might listen to, you know, the over 65s or the over 55s more than the, the 18 to 25-year-olds because they're the ones that vote. They're the ones that you know, get them in. in, in and that's, it's as simple as that. I know I'm, I know I'm uh, being very simplistic in my explanation here, but we need, we need young people at 16 to have the vote. and uh, Surely like, like they, they can I, at that I, stage have a say. I think another thing as
0: well, uh, I, you know, maybe not just in, in regards to voting, but again, on, on school level is there really is simple solutions. If you take every school and you take two people from a school, and you take Cork, and you make a, you make a, you make a, like a little council of each school inside of Cork, and you have two people from each school, and then you do that for every county in Cork, and then every decision that's done in regards to school, you just take a representative from that bigger group and involve them in the discussion. That's how you, that, you know, you're not going to talk about what without women involved. You're not going to talk about, I don't know, you know. You get what I mean, though, you know, you, yeah, you don't yeah. have a discussion about women without women involved. You wouldn't have a discussion about, I don't know, X, Y and Z without X, Y and Z involved. So why do we have discussions about what happens for school kids without school kids involved? It just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. And I think there are like every school has a school council, but there's only so much they can do. And they, they, yeah.
0: And, they... and my experience of the school council is the school council is only there to say the school council is there. They only exist so that they that oh we have one but they don't do anything they mm. never really do anything nothing ever comes from what school council i was in school and i know someone on the school council that was on the school council for three years kept pushing this idea never happened never will happen they don't care the school don't care they just oh yeah the council meeting was had it's had cool whatever you know Box it, ticked. It, yeah that's it's, it's just a box ticking thing and um, what kind of uh, when you were I'm so, so worried now that everything is on Zoom.
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So what we say in there, you, I, you just sort of lagged a little I, bit.
0: I just said as well, I'm, I'm so worried now because everything is, you know, it's on Zoom and it's online teaching. Um, that now more than ever, those kids voices aren't been aren't listened to and they're not been taken into any, you know, th- their words aren't being taken. And, and nothing's been done with them Um because there's no physical meetings, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's a big problem. Uh, I think that uh, in my experience, the schools are sort of making announcements and having a Q&A. There was a, an example of my daughter's school had a QA and a after they would decided what they were doing. You know, it wasn't like yeah. a, they, didn't want, they didn't want an opinion. They just wanted to have a QA and a after they'd made the decision, which... Uh, I got quite annoyed about, but um, we also need more parents to get involved and to speak up on behalf Mm -hmm. of their children and not just to, you you know, as a parent, it's your job to not just take at face value what the school is saying, what the authorities are saying and to question it. Um, I mean, it must have been difficult for you. Did you, I mean, obviously you had Gary and you had, did you have adults in your life that were, that were there for you, that stuck up for you? Did you, did you feel like you were on your own a lot of the time?
0: no so i had um i had a lot of um I a lot of help from an organization called epic which stands for empowering people in care i don't know if you've ever heard of them an epic uh a nationwide organization that are set up to support foster kids uh, and people in care care leavers people in aftercare like i'm currently in uh, and they're there to you know to really deal with the to kind of come at it for from the perspective of the young person and not the perspective of the social workers so they were always there for me and they always had my interests uh, they were they were on the side of my interests, besides on the, the side of the social workers interests. so i had massive support from them i also had massive support for my family and um, my foster family as well you know i, I would my I, I wouldn't be um I wouldn't be here doing the, the creative things i did i know i mentioned gary and gary got me involved in rapping but it was my foster family then that got me involved in in working with computers and, and i now teach computer coding and um, but and, and th- just to show you kind of the the scope of the of how many things i'm doing at one time when, when i was telling you about the story of me being in court with the youtube video also at that time i was building a home automation system i built a home automation system um, Uh, I coded the entire thing. I built a mobile phone application and I brought it into competition called Coder Dojo's Coolest Projects. And I got second place in that. So while I was doing this this court battle, I was also sitting down soldering wires together and and staying up all night running tests on on Python computer software and and, and trying to build a mobile phone application. And I wouldn't have been able to do the, the computer and technological side, especially without my foster family. And um, my foster dad owned a computer center and he got me into, you know, really working with computers and kind of pushing myself and, and, and challenging myself and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as as uh, as hard as we're being on authority and adults, uh, there's there's plenty of good work being done out there for mm-hmm. uh, and plenty of good people out there, plenty of good adults looking after uh, people like you and g- giving you the tools to to do the things that you want to do, which is which is great to see. Um and and this this week I think is uh, International Care Day was this week is that true
0: Yeah so yeah it's Care Day uh today is today is Care Day um but all week has been has been Care Day uh and and um I I think that the first Care Day was in twenty sixteen or seventeen I can't remember I made a YouTube video for it I went up to Dublin um. It's crazy to see how much it's grown now, and and you know, it started as people that were involved in the foster care scene celebrating it, but over the over the, the years, I've I've seen now it's it's grown. You know, I just I just got tagged in Twitter on Twitter by Sligo Hospital or, or something. I don't even know mentioning care day. Like it's 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 after growing, and I'm so happy to see kids in care get the, the recognition they deserve for a lot of the work that they do, and um, because a lot of this work, like I said can't go shown because of the in-camera act but on care day we can share snippets of work without giving names and stuff like that and it's great to see you know them getting attention on, on, on the level it is now
1: yeah i think it's great just to celebrate uh, people in care uh and, mm-hmm. and as you said you said you alluded to it earlier like a positive story yeah you know a good news story this is this this can be good this is not necessarily like the narrative is always that this is you know a bad thing it, it can be positive you can you've had positive influences you know in your life mm-hmm. through the care system uh, it does have it's it's not perfect it does have its flaws but that's life and nothing is perfect so it's great to just have the celebration of it and giving giving yeah, those people exactly. giving people in care like a feeling that like obviously to make make them aware of that they're part of a system and part of a wider family and part of a worldwide mm-hmm. family. And then that they can tap into people like you and see what you're doing. And that would give them a bit of sort of like, well, I, I'm part, this is part of my, I'm part of this community and he's part of that community. I can do the stuff, you know, if I, you know, a bit of belief, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Belief, belief and hope
0: is, you know, um, two of, of the, the things um, that, that, that I guess are, and, and needed especially when you are in um you know, especially when you are in foster care and and I know this because when I was in residential between the age of 10 and 12 I used to spend almost every night crying in my room you know just like well, what is this um what's happening and it's it's I didn't have anyone to look as a, as a child uh, you know someone that had been in care I, I was like "Is this my life forever am i just going to be stuck here I, I didn't there was no care day celebration and there was no celebrating kids in care that had come from residential McGallant to do anything so i was like what is this where am i like am i my here forever do i do i never do anything else uh, like you know and it's so good now to see these stories of kids that have come out of care and are, and are doing things you know i, I just think it's great
1: also, I'd say it must be difficult to, ca- that sense of not having control over your own life, like your own, like I know my son is 12 now and he's very, he's very determined, like he, he really kind of, I can see it in him, he's really like fighting to, to, to take control of his own, make his own decisions, do his own thing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. railing against me and his mom and you know, that, that's all healthy stuff, you know, but I can't imagine how he would deal with the frustration if he felt like he didn't have some control. Yeah, and wasn't able to make his own decisions about where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do. That must be very debilitating, I'd imagine, as a young lad.
0: Yeah, it, it, it really was. And it was more so, I guess, um, at, at the kind of the residential stage again. I mentioned the 10 to 12, because residential is run by staff. And, you know, there's three staff in the morning, three staff in the evening, someone up all night, and, and you're, dealing, you're dealing with different people all the time. And so they kind of just plan everything so that they can run on. on a, you know, it's a job. It's a job to them. It's not it's not a, a kid that you look after. It's a job that they have. And mm-hmm. as a job, you need to know what you're doing every day. So we would plan out what I have to eat for the week on Monday. You know what I mean? And like every day was written on a chart and it was stuck on my wall. And I'd look at it every morning. I'd get up and i go, oh, that's that's my day today. This is this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And as as a child with ADHD, I hate having such a having such a plan, you know, like for me, plans, plans could change in five seconds. Like my, my mind's always going at a million miles an hour. So I hate, I hate having such concrete set list and structure in a day. Yeah. obviously as I've gotten older, I need that. And as I've become an adult, I I went to the, you know, the working world, but, but as a child, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have such a concrete plan. You should be allowed to explore and you should be allowed to, you know, just kind of grow up a little bit, I guess
1: my son is at the age where he he likes to go to bed about midnight and then he likes to, he likes to sleep till about 12 the next day and we're like what's what's going on here apparently that's normal apparently we'll see apparently apparently <laughs> um, I,
0: I i was like that i was like that for a long long time and um, and actually the show got me out of it. Davy's toughest team got me out of it. It really helped me to to put a you know get a routine back into my life. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we should get your twelve year old on Davy's toughest team.
1: Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think that would be right up his his street. I think he'd he'd do well. Tell me about are you allowed to talk about the experience of being on the show. I know uh we're, yeah, up, yeah. we're up to episode three, so maybe don't don't tell us anything that happens after episode three in case RTE gets crossed with <laughs> it. RTE come after us. But, um, but, so
0: about the show, um, you know, uh, for anyone who's watching the show, my experience on the show is I, I, I was really kind of the unfit one on the show. You know, a lot of a lot of the lads that came on ha- had stories about, you know, drug dependency and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and my, my issue wasn't so, I guess, hurting as theirs were, like emotionally. Um, but I was, absolutely unfit one. That was my thing. And, um, and so it was, it was a struggle for me. It really, really was. It was a struggle to start getting myself exercising and trying to get myself into a routine because of my ADHD. You know, I, 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 I hated the idea of sitting down for or not sitting down for 10 minutes, but like for 10 minutes and that being, you know, something I was doing, I was there's no creative fun from that. There's no creative I gained nothing creative from this, so I don't want to do it. So it was really, really hard to, to, to kind of get that going. Um. Now, uh, the you know now I, now I'm doing it. Um. And and now I, I I'm exercising daily. Um. And, and I'm enjoying it. But that was that was definitely the hardest part of the entire show. Um. Because. I just felt like I didn't fit in with these other lads who, you know, they, some of those lads are big lads. Like, they, they've done sport before. They signed up for it because of their issues, but they also signed up for it because they know they could do it. Whereas I signed up for it being like, I can't do this at all, man. I, mm-hmm. I just want to I just wanna spread a positive story, but I don't want to do the exercise part.
1: Raise awareness without the exercise. But the, So the plan was you were going to go to Everest Base Camp. That changed because of the lockdown. Yeah. So the next plan, so what's your... What, what you're doing now is training kind of to to climb carn tool. Is that I don't think you've gotten to that point yeah. yet, but that's what that's what what's what you're at now. So
0: that's that's the end goal. So so currently where we're at in the show is we you've seen us in Wicklow on episode one and the, the group got to know each other and we did we did a couple of exercises and routines and you saw me struggle to do push-ups. Then we skipped to episode two, where we're in Wexford, I believe. Um, and we're doing some uh, exercise there again and uh it talks a lot about uh, i guess some of the other lads on the show some of the issues that they have in their life and it goes into detail discussing those and then you see me have an asthma attack because yet again i'm struggling to do the exercises
1: and was this uh wexford was that when you're on the beach and you're no so
0: the beach then is episode three and that was all filmed in kerry uh and, and like you said we we couldn't sadly go to everest due to the pandemic and so we decided that we'd go to Kerry instead because, you know, Davy, and Maddie, which are the, the, the three people on the show that are, are there to support us. They really, you know, they really, really did want to support us and, and and they wanted to try and give us an experience still that we wouldn't forget. And so they brought us to, to Kerry and, and, you know, we got to do things that I would have never ever imagined. Like you, you might've seen at the end of the episode where we, I can't remember what the name of it is, but we went from one, cliff rock to another just over the ocean holding on to this massive uh like rope. You have to do things like that, you know, it was crazy. Um but yeah that's the episode with the beach. <laughs> the beach. Oh no. <laughs>
1: because because the, like the the you're you're all kind of tied to each other, are you? And you So
0: yeah we <laughs> All seven of us got tied by uh, a rope and we were tied at the waist and we had to run up and down this beach, uh, you know, but we had to do it in a minute and 30 seconds. And I I really couldn't. We we kept falling short by a couple of seconds and I knew it was me. I knew I was the one that, you know, because I'm just the most unfit in the group. I knew I was the one that was slowing us down. And I, you know, they're all like, Come on, come on, let's do it, let's do it. You can do it. But after the second turn, they started they started getting a little bit more nasty with their comments. And so I snapped and I pushed one of the lads on the beach and it and it led to this this kind of verbal argument then between me and Davy, where he was trying to get me to go back and do the exercises. And I and I think he thought that he'd be able to get me to do it by giving out to me. But as you see, I just stand there and I'm like, But you can't shout at me. Like, I'm not I'm not doing what you're telling me. But then Davey has this way of, you know, kind of, he, he really motivated me when he was, and they cut a lot of the motivational speech out of the show because obviously it, it's a it's an hour episode. Mm. But he really, really did. He, you know, he was like, Sean, come on, you, you can do this. You can do this. People are going to be watching it. it. It'll be really inspiring if you go back and you get it done. And so I, I did it. I did it because I, I, you know, I again, I wanted to be. I, you want to inspire people. Inspire people. That's a lot of what I do. Isn't is to inspire people? Like I was talking about the fact I was the unfittest on the show. Now, and um, now every morning at seven forty-five, I get up and I go live on Instagram with one of Davy Fitzgerald's personal trainers, and I and I work out for nine minutes every morning, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And I'm doing that while the show is running because I know people are going to be like that guy that couldn't work out on the show. There's no way he's doing that. They're going to go and watch it, and I want to I want to inspire. I want, not inspire, but I want to motivate young people at the moment that are stuck inside in lockdown because I know it's it's really, really affecting people's mental health just being inside. And I know from being on the show that doing a small bit of exercise can really, like, it, it, it really does mentally make me feel a lot better anyway. And so now that's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get more and more fit. I'm, I'm trying to take what I gained from the show and, and that experience and keep it going constantly you
1: know yeah so you're taking what you learned and you're building on it and then you want you yeah. want to you want to keep that that energy going and, and inspire others as well so people can so people can follow you uh this i don't know when i put this podcast i might put it at the weekend so, so people can follow you as the show goes on and they can exercise with you in the morning is that kind of yeah. the, the gist of it
0: so yes yeah, so so how it's happening is um and if you want to follow me it's at i'm sean downey on instagram um what's happening is at 7 45 every morning i go live with darren ward like i said one of david fitzgerald's personal trainers and we do a nine minute workout and it's a it's it's a it's a nice it's you know it's a quite simple nine minute workout and um, we do six exercises and we do them uh, three times and we do it 30 seconds each and basically what I just want to do with it is I, I hope that by me doing it and, and, you know, looking awkward and embarrassing myself by doing it because I don't even know the stances that you should be in half the time. And I, and I get quite anxious about working out and looking wrong. I'm hoping that by me pushing those boundaries of, of you know, the, the, the comfort zone that I'm in, that it will just inspire other people to do it. That someone be like, look, he's doing it and he was he couldn't do anything on the show. And now look at him and I'm hoping that, you know, people are, and I, and the air, I've gotten messages off people um, saying like, thank you. Uh, GMC, Gary has uh, he every day now. He's like, I'm gone for another jog again today. Some of my friends that would have been into fitness when they were younger that maybe aren't into it anymore because, you know, they, they got older and they kind of enjoyed going out and partying and stuff. Some of them have messaged me being like, here, I'm not getting up at 7.45 in the morning. I'm watching the videos in the day but I, I've done that workout again today and, I, and I'm wrecked after it and you know and, and that's that's how we do it we do it on Instagram live so you see me and Darren do it but then we save the videos so that are all available on my Instagram feed and then Darren also posts short little video clips of each exercise we do and you know I'm not telling people that you have to get up at 7 45 in the morning to do it that's when I do it because it just kind of it helps me for the rest of my day, and it and it helps my ADHD. But I, I just, I guess, I just by doing that, I want people to maybe just move a little bit and and just, just, just do things for themselves. You know, like do things to better themselves in in, in, in uh, during this time where right now there's terrible weather outside. We can't do anything. Lockdown's going to be possibly another nine weeks, so we, we, should, ta- we should start taking more steps to just better ourselves, and um, while we're stuck inside.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a good point as well, because a lot of the times we rail against being told what to do. Like we don't, I'm not, shut up you. I'm not going to exercise. I don't need to exercise. But when you, when it's your own decision and you're like, you know, I'm just going to do this for myself to make, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and do my best to look at, make sure my mental health is good and my physical health is good. I'll do the best I can, especially now in lockdown. So it's good. I hope young people follow you and and follow your, your, your your workouts.
0: Just back on what you said that, you know, people don't like being told what to do. Um, I totally agree on, on, on that and that's why we set it up uh, in the exercises because you know I don't want the fitness thing in the morning to be something where people feel um, you know they feel like, oh, they can't do it because I don't have this level of fitness or that level of fitness. So that's why we set it to 30 seconds for each exercise. Most exercises you do, you'll hear of reps. So you have to do 20 reps or 30 reps. Whereas I don't care about any of that. If you want to do one push-up in the 30 seconds, you can do one push-up in the 30 seconds. It's just about doing that one push-up and just doing that small, tiny step. Because I I know personally, the benefits of it are are incredible. You know, And if it's helping me... just maybe i can i can help other people
1: well sean uh, it's been inspiring talking to you thanks very much for your time best of luck with the rest of the show i'm looking forward to watching it it's uh, it's great entertainment anyway you know whatever happens <laughs> and, uh, I'm,
0: I'm i'm looking forward to it as well um because we, we haven't actually seen any of the episodes i think some people think that we already know what's going to happen um, but I haven't seen any of the episodes, um, and and some parts I thought were going to be in it were cut out. And you know, I'm so I'm also excited, just as just as everyone else is. I'm also excited to see it. Yeah,
1: it's good, it's good. And Davy Fitz, I did, um, I did the uh, Fittest Family. There was a celebrity version, a celebrity version of Fittest Family, and myself, and my family did it, and Davy Fitz was our uh, mentor. Yeah. For the for and he was brilliant. We loved him, uh, so uh, I have a lot of time for that guy. Um I'd say he'd do yeah, your head.
0: He he, I, I actually, I'm calling him later. He's he he, he just he's just an incredible person.
1: Yeah, sometimes he might do your head in a little bit with the shouting, but apart from that, that's <laughs> it's all
0: good. I, I think I think uh, we me and you probably got two very different uh, sides of Davy Fitzgerald. I think we got the 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 side that wasn't so much shouting. Whereas for this family, it's like, come on, there's a winner at the end of this. Whereas with ours, there wasn't really a winner. It's just about the journey. Yeah. So you know, he shout he shouts once or twice, but you know, we I I saw a side of him. I guess I didn't know who he was before this, even to begin with, and I, I only knew him from what I saw on the internet and stuff. And so I was kind of I was like, oh no, this thing's gonna be shouting all the time, you know. But the side we got to him was was just a really genuine and caring person. We stopped filming months ago, and Davy calls at least once a month to check in on all of us. Davy set up this project on Instagram and and got Darren involved for just like I would do it, you know. I, I he's just. I never thought in my 21 years of life that I'd ever be missing a hurling manager, but now that we're stuck in lockdown again, and there's nothing to do, I miss hanging out with him. He was just—he <laughs> just such an amazing
1: person. She's watch out now. You'll be watching the hurling next. You'll be playing hurling. Um,
0: the plan is the planet. Hopefully, we're all going to go and see Davy when we can, actually in action. But you know, we have to wait until yeah. um, we have to wait until lockdown passes and we're all okay again to leave.
1: All right, Sean, listen, thanks very much for your help. Best of luck with your music and your computers, your coding and all that, and all the work you're doing for, for young people. Fair play to you. I'll take, i take my hat off to you, but I've got hat hair under this. So <laughs> uh, have a good day, man.
0: Perfect. Thank you, keys.
1: Thank you very much, Sean, Sean Downey. Uh, you can follow Sean on Instagram. He is I'm Sean Downey. Um, one seventh of Davies Tuffet's team—that's what it says here—and uh, if you want to join him, he does workouts every day at seven forty-five, as far as I can remember. And uh, some great pictures from there. He looks—he's a pretty cool-looking guy, pretty cool-looking man about town. Oh, there's a picture of him with Youngblood. That's pretty cool. How'd you get a picture with young blood? Yeah young joke um, anyway, that's uh, Sean Downey, and thank you very much, Sean, for his time and for telling me about uh, the care system and his life and uh, Davy's toughest challenge and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he's a young man going places. Um, and it was really nice to talk to him. Really, really pleasure. Really genuine, you know, genuine, 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 cool guy. Uh, that's it. That's it for the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it as always. If you did, do tell your friends. That's the most important. Word of mouth is the most important uh, marketing tool out there. Uh, but if you did like it, please subscribe as well. If you haven't subscribed as well, if if, if you've already subscribed, thank you very much. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, yes, subscribe and tell your friends and give us a five star rating and write a review if you can as well. All those things help with the success of the podcast and. Um, yeah, that's all. There's a little link there as well if you want to contribute uh, a few quid to the podcast. I'm trying to raise money to get a clip made of uh, a piece of the pod as an ad, a bit of marketing tool. And also to give it be 5 500 euro I think for a 30 second clip roughly. And uh, yeah, if we get if we raise enough money, we'll get a little promo made and it might it hopefully it'll be funny and you'd enjoy seeing it me and mike chatting and uh, i think i i I picked a clip where me and mike are talking about well actually i was talking about an antelope running away from a human because humans are very good over long distances and eventually they'll tire them out um and i was hoping to get that animated anyway if you want to contribute a few quid to the podcast and that's what it will go towards all you do is look for the the uh there's a link in the description of the podcast and that will tell you what to do and how to uh, donate the money. 10, 20 grand should do it. If we get that amount of money, we get a, we get a full full length, like Simpson style, feature length of a full podcast, that will be cool. Uh, okay, got to go, I uh, got to get another podcast up. It's actually me chatting to my friend, Mike, which is very funny this week, as it is always. And I uh, had a very funny chat with Mike today about his weekend, <laughs> subsequent weekend which bodes well for the next podcast. And uh, also, Mike was uh, on to me about doing um, a male fertility special, which I think is very interesting. And he's going to be talking about his own his own experience, uh, which I'm very look- much looking forward to. So lots still to look forward to on the Keith Watch podcast. Keep listening. Thank you very much for listening as always. Hope you enjoy your evening or your day or your lunchtime or whatever you're listening to this. Or it's 2022. Hopefully you're still alive. And uh, the Earth hasn't exploded, and uh, yeah, the email address: keithwalshpod at gmail dot com. I gotta go now. Okay, I love you guys. Not in a, not in a weird way, in a podcasty way, you know. Um, take care. Bye. Good luck. Go on. You hang up.